Will A.J. Hinch return to town with the Detroit Tigers, the lowly Detroit Tigers, and the Astros were um, winners of four straight. Would the Astros keep the streak alive? It looked so. It looked like the shutout was going to continue. And then Ryan Presley comes off the I.L., gets in his first game, and gives up a home run to tie the game. Two strikes, two outs. Boom, it's gone. There goes the lead. And what happens? Joran Alvarez hits a walk-off. No, he hits a single. And we'll talk about that. And they get up to the base. And Kyle Tucker, who's in a mini slump again, 0 for 8, hits a walk-off single. Scores Chaz McCormick. And we're going to talk about that on this 800th episode of Locked on Astros. Let's go. Hello and welcome to Locked on Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked on Houston Astros and we hope you join us for a daily Locked on Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. Find me on Twitter at Eric Talks Astros. Find the show at Locked on Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can I find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram and at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, five in a row, always Stros. All right. We have a special guest joining us for the 800th episode, even though I think we've pretty much already had the 800th episode. But Rip Griffin, where can they find you at? Hey, what's going on, guys? Congratulations on the 800th episode. But you can find me on Twitter at RipGriffin3. All right, so this was a great game. I know it was kind of a uh, it was a game that uh, looked like it was in the Astros' favor until the ninth inning. Then you had Ryan Presley come off the IL, and of course uh, he gets thrown into a save situation, and then he kind of gives up the lead with the home run. And but that typically happens when you have somebody coming off the IL; he's not quite in game ready shape. So, uh, but uh, all all's well that ends well. He ends up with the win. And then uh, we'll talk about what happened in ninth inning. But uh, there's a lot of good things that happen. Jose Altuve, he's um, he's I guess everything's okay down there. So he yeah, was able he's able to play fine. in the game. And so, uh, he was able to play in the game. Alvarez was able to play in the game, even though he got uh, benched in the ninth inning for a reason. We'll talk about it in a second. And uh, Jeremy Pena. The legend of the Jeremy Pena is continuing to grow. This is some of the stuff we'll talk about on this episode of the Locked on Astros podcast, including uh, what um, Jose Kitty did. So uh, don't forget to continue to make us your first listen on YouTube. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to us and make sure you go ahead and listen to us on iTunes, uh, YouTube, on um, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make us your first listen every day. You know, um, Rip, thanks for joining us today. Thanks. You know, we've we've had you on before. We've had you on many shows, and we appreciate you, what you do at the Texas Baseball Report. You do a phenomenal job, not just covering pro, but covering college, covering the minor leagues. But today, um, you know, we'll get to the um, we'll get to the gawking of the home run by Alvarez later. But how key is it for someone like Jose Arquiti? to get in the game today and go his go for his longest outing, even though he didn't get the win. We'll talk about that as well. Um, it's key for him to get the win. Well, to have it, to put the team in a position where he can win to go six plus innings because we need these six plus inning guys. Yeah, no, it, the, the length of the pitchers starting pitching just in general has been great this season because 
we didn't see so much of that last season. The bullpen just came in early, too early in the games, to be honest. But for him to do what he did tonight, he kept the ball down in the zone. He was getting ground balls. He was getting flyouts. The strikeouts really weren't that much. But, you know, in, in this certain case and how he has pitched, especially tonight, that strikeouts really don't matter in, in this case. And he did great. He kept the guys in the, the team in the game. And that was what was most important. And that's something we hadn't seen from your in his you know previous two or three starts prior to tonight. But all in all, he did great. And it's something that he can build off going into his next start. Yeah, if you're looking at the six starters in a rotation, the one kind of weak link in the last in the starters has been Urquidy, and that's that's saying it mildly. I know he has a 4.56 ERA, but he has not been terrible, but he has not been overly impressive. But it, he did show what he's capable of today's game: six innings, six hits, one walk, three strikeouts. Overall, a, a plus games. Then you had Nerys came in with a one inning of shutout ball. Then uh, Rafael Montero come in, one inning shutout ball. Then you had Ryan Presley come in to do what Ryan Presley's paid to do, to close the game. And oh, I thought you meant hit. I thought you meant give up home runs. <laughs> no, that's uh, Ken Giles. Wait, uh, wait, sorry. I was wow. Oh, man, you threw a Ken Giles. Wow, that's brutal. <laughs> man, going low. Ouch, ouch. Come on. Talking about growing injuries. Uh, um, <laughs> Ryan Presley is now day to day because Eric took his legs out from under him. Um, <laughs> but you know, but you know, here's the thing: um, Jose Arquiti has has said that he hasn't felt good with the way his changeup is moving. He hasn't felt good with the placement of his pitches. So he knows that he's struggling, and that's what he's working on. But what takes the pressure off of him is Justin Verlander, is Luis Garcia is Jake Odorizzi wow, is yeah. these is these pitchers are I'm sorry are these pitchers that are doing their job and up until those two runs that Presley gave up but that one hit it was 30 plus innings of shutout baseball well for, um Justin Verlander gave up the two run homer oh you know what he did he did during the day game so I guess that ended the two okay so um, you know what? I, I, no, you're right. I almost forgot about that. I almost forgot. Maybe it was um, scoreless. Well, well, they were going on a pretty uh, massive streak. I think it was 26 uh, or 26 or 20 uh, plus innings. But yeah, that's what we talked about in yesterday's podcast before Justin Verlander gave up the, the run. But it's okay. It, it happens. So, like, uh, they were on a pretty impressive streak. Remember, we talked about in yesterday's podcast how they haven't done that since 2012. And right. so th it was a pretty impressive run that they were on. And that doesn't happen that often. So uh, so for Kitty to uh, for Presley to do what he did today, it's OK. It's it's fine. It's a, he's a little rusty. Who well, cares? It's it's non consequential. I am surprised. I don't know if y'all are surprised. I am surprised that he. Didn't he only get one, like one inning in Sugarland, and they came up? I mean, yeah, he, I would have thought he would have pitched more than one, especially against the Tigers. It's not like they're they're playing a um, this amazing opponent. <laughs> I mean, the Tigers are are terrible. I mean, you know, Scooble, you know, this kid. Yeah, nine both, strikeouts. Yeah, well, and, and that's what I'm getting to. Both starts against the Astros, he struck out nine batters. Right, but he's but I believe he's lost both starts, hasn't he? Did he, I don't know if he lost the first one, but I believe he lost both of them. I think so. Um, 
Yeah, He's got good stuff. I mean, Scooble, the Tigers have things to build on. Akil Badu is a complete nothing burger right now. He is not even a factor this year. And then Miguel Cabrera just became 31st all-time in hits, passing Al, Al Kaline, who is a Hall of Fame Detroit Tiger. And so, you know, that guy just hits the ball. He's just a magician at the plate. So there's no stopping him, it seems like. Um, and then Torque, man. Spencer Torkelson, this kid's, I mean, he's hit three home runs, but he's he's under, he's under 200. So AJ Hinch has a lot of a lot of missing pieces. He's got a lot of pieces to build on. And I want to mention this and I want to get y'all's take on this. Um, AJ Hinch before the game was asked about the Yankee letter, was asked about the scandal and all this stuff. And he said, you know what? I've been hearing it for years. I know I'm going to continue to hear it. And they said, What do you miss most? He said, What I miss most is being at home is being able to drive to my house after games, is being able to be with friends. He goes, I miss that. I haven't been away for a long time. And the whole Yankee letter, the whole Yankee letter thing is not going to change my perspective on anything. I should have led better. I should have done more. What we did was wrong. And there's nothing else I can say about it. And I'll continue to apologize if that's what I need to do. Um, just, I think, handled everything with class today. Uh, yeah, no. Just- just yeah, to correct you on uh, Scooble, uh, he pitched uh, one game against the Astros. Um, he didn't get a loss. Uh, he pitched seven innings. Um, he has 1.29 ERA before today's game with nine strikeouts. He did walk three batters and allowed one earned run, one hit. But he didn't get the win, right? No, no he okay. didn't get the win or loss. So Okay, so no decision. Right. Thank you, Eric, for correcting me. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make sure that nobody came back the next day and said, no, oh, yeah. Yeah, Brett, you know, you know what you said was wrong. Like I watched 38 minutes and there was two minutes and 28 seconds where you said this wrong. And I can't believe you talk about batting average, whatever. It's like it's you good. built the wrong uh, stats on there. Like you don't have the right built bars for the stats. Dude, whatever, man. Talk I'll flex it. I, dude, I'll flex built bars all day on y'all. Y'all don't even know it's like I like I I consume built bars like Jeremy Pena hits home runs. Just crush them, right? They are the best tasting protein bar in the business. And why not get some? Get some, throw them in your backpack, throw them in your kid's backpack because you're all about to go on the family vacation for the summer, right? Whether you're going to the beach or Disney or wherever you're going, grab a built bar because they are wrapped in 100% chocolate. People be like, is that a candy bar? Be like, yeah, bro, it's a candy bar. Actually, it's healthy and it's good for you. They average about 130 calories per bar, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein, and they're delicious. I'm not going to compare them to the candy bar. Like I say, always, it's like comparing the Astros to the Rangers. It just doesn't compare. What's the point? They also have these things called Built Puffs, and they have a churro flavor. Yes, that's right, Texans, churro. And if you're not in Texas and you don't know what a churro is, you need to find out. So go get a churro puff, a Built Puff from Built.com. Now you ask me, but Brett, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to do this. I'm glad you asked. You go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. Fill your fridge, fill your pantry, fill your lunchbox with Built Bars with, with the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Tell Mace John Wheelhouse sent you. All right. Mother's Day is around the corner. What should you get your mom, Brett? Well, I think you should get her an elegant piece of jewelry. Now, you say, hold on, elegant? That sounds expensive. Well, when you see these items, they look expensive. And, you know, you can get 
pieces of jewelry from various price ranges. So if you're looking to get mom something nice, but you have a certain budget, they have a they have a number that you can call 24-7. They'll talk to you. They'll walk you through the thousands of options they have. These are elegant pieces like classic diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, um, birthstone pendants, so much more at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com is is run by the De Beers company and they know what they do. They're experts in diamonds. Get something that she'll treasure forever. Find jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked on Astros listeners get $50 off $500 spent. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. So get it before Mother's Day gets here. Use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging so that she won't know what's what's inside the box. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right. It looks like Brett's so ashamed of Jordan Alvarez's um, uh, play in the ninth inning that he covered up uh, his um, jersey in the background. Uh, he put the Space Cowboys, uh, the Space City uh, jersey, in over the Jordan Alvarez uh, jersey in the background. Oh, no, 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 no. I No, I took it. To, actually, I took that down today. I did that today. When I got home, because I was going to interview Sean Dubin, we had sound issues. We didn't work it out. We're going to oh, do okay. the interview Saturday. And so I wanted something up there beside Jordan Alvarez because it was an express jersey. So oh, okay. I like Space City, Space City Cowboys. So thanks. Nice try, though, Eric. See, <laughs> I am quick on the feet. I want to show you all this. Look at this right here. This is what I am upset about. Jordan Alvarez, you always run around the bases. You take off like Jeremy Pena did the game before. Um, when you hit a home run, actually earlier in the game, he sprinted around the bases. If you look at this, look at this. The launch angle and the velocity that he hit the ball has a home run rate of 95.1%. That means that 13 other ballparks, this would have been a home run. So Jordan he admired it. He was probably listening to like Todd Callis on the radio because Todd Callis tends to call long pop flies home runs. And um, let me tell you, I think everybody thought thought it was gone. Jordan Alvarez got yanked because he wasn't hustling. And good for Dusty Baker, two thousand and what two now career yeah. wins, mm-hmm. one away from Dusty uh, from um, Bruce yeah from Bochy. Bruce Bochy. That's right. He's one away from Bruce, and I mean he'll he'll get that here in the next you know. Who get that next game, and then he'll break that and keep climbing. But Jordan will learn from this. People are joking in the chat here. Send him to Double A. I know. I know you're joking. I hope you're joking because you wouldn't be serious. This guy Eric is doing things at an unbelievable clip. And I want to ask what y'all thought about that. We all disappointed, or you think ah, it's kind of a little bit of a brain fart? Anybody could have done it. Yeah, I, I think it was just a lapse in judgment. You know, he, he admired it. He thought it was gone. It looked gone. But, you know, it's one of those things you've got to just run just until you see it get over the wall. And then, you know, you're golden after that. But I think it was just, uh, you know, he's still young. So it's it's one of those things you, you learn from it, you move on. But, uh, you know, we all thought that for that brief second there that it was gone. I mean, can't we all be like um, Carlos um, Gonzalez? What was Carlos? Um, what was Gomez? the guy that played? The Carlos guy that Gomez. Played, yeah, Carlos Gomez that played for us and just kind of <laughs> be like, "Oh, I hit the ball. Oh, I can watch <laughs> oh, it. Oh, he Ooh. would. Oh, no. I don't have to run. Ooh. Oh, cargo. That, 
Yeah, car- cargo and bat flip on a pop on an infield fly. You would hear the umpire infield fly batters out, and he would still he would like bat flip and like do his little fancy walk to first, and be like, "Man, no. oh yeah, Carlos Gomez, I miss that swag." Yeah, but after the game, uh, he said that Dusty Dusty Baker said that Alvarez approached him after he was lifted for a pinch runner and said, "Yeah, I messed up." And he said he learned a lesson, definitely. So, Not yeah, th- this is something that Baker acknowledged. And uh, I think that Alvarez was like, yeah, this is my bad. This is something that um, he's still young. This is something that he's going to learn and he won't do again. Sometimes you make a mistake and you learn from your mistake and people just got to um, accept that you you make mistakes sometimes. So, No, yeah, definitely. But, you know, let's talk about this. Jeremy Pena. So right now, about the sixth away through the year is where they start seeing, okay, where they start projecting out what players are going to do by the end of the year. He's on pace to have 30 home runs, 90 RBIs, and 90 runs scored his rookie year. Right. You're talking about a dark horse candidate who's slowly becoming a leading candidate for rookie of the year. I don't know if y'all saw the uh I believe it was Bleacher Report or or Walk Off or something had the top ten prospect or top ten shortstops. They had Pena currently ranked above one Carlos Correa. Ooh. Yeah. So hey, Pena is earning let me tell you, I, I'm I'm not saying he's Carlos Correa level defensively. I'm but this kid offensively is doing a great job. He's come he's on Jeremy the scene. Pena. He is doing what well. is his he own player. Do. Yeah. He is doing what the Astros knew he would do if they let Correa walk and thus right. they trusted. So this is great for a player. The ball club trusts you. You deliver. Wow. He's more comfortable at the plate. He really doesn't have any pressure on him right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think moving him down in the lineup has really helped. You know, he was batting the lead off or kind of right there at the top of the lineup. But now since he's down in that seven, eight hole, he's really turned it on. And we've seen it all offensively, walk-offs, things that have, you know, rookie. I mean, even though he's a rookie, yes, but he's still, I mean, he's still impressing a lot of a lot of fans, a lot of the front office, and it's great to watch. Yeah, he doesn't always get hits, but when he does get hit, it's normally a clutch hit, a big hit like he did in today's game. But that was crushed, and uh, he's up to like the five, the what six home runs on the year, and uh, I think it's six, right? Yeah, six home runs, the fifteen RBIs, and uh, this this kid is um, he he may not have the highest batting average. I think he's at what two thirty three with the eight hundred two OPS, but. Once he gets comfortable, I don't think he's comfortable yet. That's the scary thing. He gets these big clutch hits, and he's not even comfortable at the plate yet. He goes through these offers, and once he gets comfortable at the plate, I think we're going to see the the true, the pure hitter now, that Jeremy Pena can be. Now, he has stated, because they asked him about the big pressure moments, like, do you feel pressure? And he said, I don't feel the pressure. I think, no. I think in those moments, right? Um, and, of course, a lot of it, when you're a rookie, you have literally never seen these pitchers before. Until you play a team once, you're not going to know the tendencies of the pitchers. And now they have the advantage going through the season because they have film on you. You may have film on them, but facing the pitcher, I think, without with like having film on the pitcher from a batter's perspective isn't as much of an advantage until you face that pitcher, right? 
a pitcher can see and visualize where he wants to put the ball. I think the batter's more of in a defensive position when you don't know that that person who is opposing you in that battle. And so Jeremy Pena, though, this kid comes from a major league family, was around major leaguers. Remember, they chose him on the taxi squad. He was around this ball club during the playoffs. I think that is invaluable experience. And remember how few games he played in Sugarland. How few games he played in Sugarland, and he is the starting shortstop. I, I just, I, I'm amazed. Um, will he have some sort of regression? Probability says yes. But as long as he's gaining confidence at the right time and doing things like this and getting timely hits, I mean, what? They won three to two tonight against the Tigers. They should have run off 10 runs on this team, but they did enough to win. The league will adjust to him, but I think they already are. That's why we see the Ophers, and that's why we see him going one four or four. So I think he's not always going to get a hit, but when he find when he gets makes contact, that's when he's going to get the big hit, the big single, the big like even the singles are hard hit balls. So I think once once Jeremy Pena gets it all the way. That's when you're going to see the high batting average. It may not be in 2022. It may not be till 2023 when he figures it out and he becomes that 300 hitter. But if this year is the year where he hits 230 or 240 and with 30 home runs, great. That's all you can ask for for a shortstop that is replacing Carlos Gray. I mean, for somebody that you didn't expect, you if he, if that's what he does this year, great. Hey. Listen to this breaking news right here from the Minnesota Twins. Carlos Correa, x-rays show that he has possibly broken his middle finger. Preliminary imaging does reveal the potential for a non-displaced fracture on the right middle finger. Um, so right now, Carlos Correa's status against the Astros looks like it's in jeopardy to wow. play against his former team. That would be a huge loss for the Minnesota Twins because they're riding high. And although he was just starting to heat up too. Yeah. And yeah, he was. He was starting to heat up and he was starting to see the ball. And he had a few, you know, walk-off singles, you know, um key like doubles and stuff like that. And even though he left, and even though I think a lot of people in Houston are like, oh, whatever, Carlos Craig, you don't ever want to see um a player um you know, hurt. And it is interesting and it's kind of weird that it is the middle finger, but anyways, I digress. <laughs> oh, we'll just use our imaginations for that one. So, <laughs> yeah. So AJ Hinch apparently said on um, the AL central uh, pest, Carlos Correa, I just uh, would have been happy for him if he signed somewhere else, he didn't have to come to AL central, had a nice breakfast, tried to convince him of that. He didn't listen. We'll, uh, we'll see him 19 times and try to get him out. So, <laughs> Just makes the AL Central more interesting now. So is he saying that he didn't try to get him to Detroit? Is that what he's saying? <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe, but... maybe he was trying to prevent him from coming to the AL Central. Say, no, don't come. Don't come. This is not a good division. Don't come. And, you know, in another twist of fate tonight on Twitter, um, Roy Oswalt's tractor started following me, so I don't know what that means, but I think that's interesting. I'm okay. I'm gonna stop. Cue the music. There is no, hold on. There is nothing that I said there that you can take out of context unless there your is. mind is All in right. the gutter. Uh, speaking of uh, tractors and knowing what to mow, let's talk about bet online. 
Yeah, well, she may think my tractor's sexy, but I'm from Texas, so I'll take it. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses and the Kentucky Derby is back. That's right. The thoroughbreds are racing. And Mattress Mac in Houston is like, if you purchase a house full of furniture and the horse that's supposed to win wins, you get it all free. I'm like, good Lord, I got to spend like $20,000 just to get it free. He's really up in the ante. But hey, Bet Online is your continued source for your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. If you want the instant analysis about what the Locked On Twins podcast is saying about the Carlos Correa's news, or what's going on with the uh, all around baseball, go check out the locked on now podcast. They do a great job of 30 to 45 seconds of all the teams across baseball, whether they win, whether they lose, they put it all together in one podcast. So I know y'all like to make the locked on Astros podcast, your first listen, go check out the locked on now podcast to make them your second listen and just check it all out. It's a good way to keep in tune with the, what's going around baseball. And speaking of which we heard that a certain Apple uh, broadcaster likes to listen to the uh, locked on network before That's she right. does her um, thing. You want to tell them about that, Brett? Yes. Um, the, the Apple, Katie Nolan, right? Katie Nolan said they, they asked her on a podcast, they go, how do you get prepared for these games? And she said, well, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I spend hours, quote unquote hours, listening to the Locked On podcast for each team because they are a daily podcast. They're a huge network. Every team has one. And so I was like, oh, cool. She listened to our podcast. Um, I really like Katie Nolan. She's my favorite commentator in all of baseball. Um, hey, Eric, Eric, stop. Eric, stop, stop, stop. Okay. I, this is my time. Okay. And you, and I am, I am um, judge. I am objecting. Um, sustained. You can't talk on this. Okay. So, <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, Katie Nolan watches locked on podcasts and our CEO even pointed it out to us. And so that's pretty cool that locked on's getting the recognition that, I mean, we put in a lot of hard work, but that's why we bring in guys like Rip Griffin. That's, that's, that's why we bring on quality guests. Put that down. I'm going to, I'm going to X you out of the screen. There you go. Eric is gone for the night, and um, I don't know what happened to him, but he is – oh, there he is. Dang it. Um, but here's the deal. We we put we put a lot of work into this, and, and, and I just want to say this. 800 episodes. Now, I haven't been a part of all 800, but Eric, when you brought me on, you told me, are you sure you want to do this? This is a grind. And I said, dude, I'm in it to win it. Well, and I think at times – I had struggled in the beginning because it is tough. It is tough. And, and and I don't say that to complain, but I say that to say that I appreciate the process even more. And I want to thank you for bringing me on because we become even better friends through this and we have fun. And we now, I mean, it's really cool. We go to games and we see people. Heck, Eric goes to HEB buying like chicken. It's like, hey, you're Eric from, uh, you know, from Locked On Astros. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of this surreal experience. But that keeps us humble and that keeps us in a thankful mind frame because it's not about where we're at. It's about where we're going to continue to grow and be the most listened to Astros podcast on the planet. 
I got some free popcorn the other day from a guy. I'm not oh, giving, that's right. I'm not giving Mitch a name. I don't want to get him in trouble. But thank you once again, uh, listener, for giving me free popcorn at the Astros game. So hey. that was pretty cool. So you can't no, turn you- it down. If it's free, don't turn it down. Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on what it is. But popcorn, yeah, no, don't turn it <laughs> down. No. Yeah, if it's free crack, maybe not. Yeah, not that. No. So, yeah, you kind of have to pick and choose. So, what else would you turn down, Rip? Well, uh, <laughs> all right, let's, let's get back to <laughs> How much time you got? <laughs> Locked on rated R. <laughs> uh, he, he would be like, I would do okay. Jose Altuve. For love, but I won't Speaking do of that. rated R, let's, ret- let's return back to Jose Altuve getting hit in the eggplant last night. And he returned back <laughs> to, <laughs> to play in today's game. Well, you brought it up yesterday, so yeah. Why are we praying for eggplants? That's okay <laughs> because you know we're all good. I got green thumbs, anyways. But that was off the first pitch of the game, and um, it's been a while since I've seen a. I think uh, Chaz McCormick did it, uh, like yeah, a few he weeks did. Ago, but yeah. it, it's recently. awesome to see a first pitch home run. That's just that's something you don't get to see a lot. So it was good to see Jose Altuve do it. I barely sat down to watch the game, and it's like, oh. Altuve hit home run. Oh, cool. So Altuve had two hits in his return to lineup, even though it was he just left the game the day before. Then you had um, Brantley with a hit, Bregman with a hit. Alvarez had two hits, even though um, the one of the hits should have been a, little, a double, but we have already addressed it. Tucker, what do, you, what do you all have to say about Tucker? That was a big hit in the ninth inning to drive in the winning run after uh, Alvarez didn't quite uh, do what he was supposed to do in the ninth inning. Well, I think we all saw Kyle Tucker get off that slow start, and that's kind of you know one of the, the things that we've seen him do. We saw it last year as well. But for him to kind of start finding that swing and kind of getting on top of the balls and, and kind of driving the ball, that's the key, driving the ball. And even though he kind of you know slapped it the other way tonight to get the, the walk-off win, but he needs to be able to get that confidence to get going, and we're starting to see that. And I think it's just – now it's just going to be – you know, repetition, just getting getting things done. But it was good for him to kind of see, you know, him get into that walk-off element and kind of let him kind of embellish the moment there. So it's still, you know, that's why he's a first-round draft pick and for him to come through in those clutch moments. And we're just going to – we're just barely getting to see that. We're going to see it more throughout his career with the Astros. Yeah, I mean, he is I – th- I think he's built for these moments because he's got the confidence to hit – He's got the mechanics to put the bat on any ball that comes his way. He does have a long swing, but he's disciplined in that long swing that he doesn't chase. Um, one of the things that could have been the demise of the Astros tonight is the is the uh, umpire calling balls at the freaking ankles. I mean, you know, Yuli, he, he thought he had a ball four. Luckily, it worked out. He got a walk. But there were several pitches tonight, and I'm not talking about barely missing. I'm talking about missing by a lot. They were calling strikes. And someone joked on Twitter and said, maybe all the umpires have this prop bet in Vegas that next year we're going to get the robo-umps, and they're all just like throwing games and calling bad calls so that they can get the robo-umps and institute, and they all make out big, like, you know, they'll make out like bandits. But Kyle Tucker needed that hit. Kyle Tucker is a guy that you can depend on. When Kyle Tucker gets up, I'm not afraid of him having a bat at bat. I know that more than likely he's going to come through. That's why the Astros never traded him. 
That's why every time there was a trade that came up, his name came up. And that's why Kyle Tucker, if it's not this year, in the next couple of years, will be a solid MVP candidate. Um, somebody said that um, uh, them talking about on 790, McCullers being a closer and um, him being a smoltz accuracy type of pitcher. I don't I mean, I, if that's McCullers coming on the podcast and saying that, I'll take a little bit more credit of that. If that's one of the – nothing against anybody on Sports Talk 790, but it's their job to kind of go on there and make stuff to talk about. The Astros have a closer right now in Ryan Presley. Yes, he had a bad game, but they just signed him to extension. There's no reason to um, make – to take him out of that role. In fact, uh, I think he's better – as a closer versus a, um, a kind of a setup guy. So um, well, to take him out of that role, I think would be a disadvantage. So I, I don't know. Um, would they put McCullers in the bullpen? Maybe. Would they put him in to maybe stretch him out to be a lawn reliever? Possibly. Uh, could he be a closer? Sure. But I just don't know if they would do that. Well, see, here's the thing. Presley's been elite. Presley gave up a two-run home run tonight. I mean, Will Harris was elite and was dependable until Howie, you know, Howie Kendrick got that lucky shot off the foul pole in the 2019 World Series. Every closer has a point at which they seem to fail. And every home run's not going to have the psychological effect that the Brad Lidge home run, you know, Brad Lidge giving up the home run to Albert Pujols. And I know I'm bringing up a lot of Houston pain, but these are situations that you have to bring all together to have a complete conversation about closers. And that Ryan Presley has been elite. I don't know what his velocity was. I haven't looked at his pitches, but I am still surprised. And I would have said this, even if he would have gotten the save, that he didn't pitch more games in Sugarland, and I'm wondering if they thought because they haven't been producing runs, if Presley said, "I'm, you know, I'm a go," that they were like, "Okay, let's 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 get him going," because it was his knee. And when your knees are jacked up, that's I mean, pitching from the bottom up, pitching from right. the base of your feet up, and that's where you get your power. That's where you get your drive. That's why Roy Oswalt was so dominant because he's freaking he had these thoroughbred legs and could just absolutely just power the ball across the plate. Um, I don't I don't think it has anything to do with the extension. Um, I don't think Lance McCullers because he got paid. I mean, you know, people say, oh, when players get paid, they stop playing. Like Presley didn't go out there trying to throw the game. Presley was genuinely pissed. He made a mistake. That ball, though, that he threw, Eric, I think just about anybody in the major leagues would have taken that ball out. That was a lazy, hanging, breaking pitch that it was an absolute meatball. Yeah. Hey, one second, Rip. Um, he was uh, somebody asked how fast he was throwing. He was throwing uh, his average fastball looks like it was between ninety three to ninety four miles per hour. So it's still a little bit down from where he was last year, but it's a little bit up from where it was earlier this year. Yeah, I, I mean, to be quite honest, I, I think at at this stage of the game right now with with Presley, even though his velo is you know sitting at ninety three, ninety four, I mean. I think I agree with with what you said, uh, Brett, about him actually needing more time in Sugarland. Six pitches doesn't really do a whole lot of justice for me, and then calling him up after that. Um, but I think we'll see a little bit more maybe later on, and that maybe a few more appearances, and then we'll kind of see where he's at. And if the velo is still where it's at, then the Astros are going to have to try to make an adjustment to maybe see who can kind of come in 
and maybe Presley goes back into that setup type role and maybe either Stanek or Montero come in and, and possibly close out games, maybe even Maton as well. But I don't and know. Don't forget about and and I'm sorry, and don't forget about Hector Neres. Hector right, Neres exactly. had he, yeah. he had eighty he had eighty five saves for the Phillies. Hector Neres has been very good. Yes. Um, Hector Neres yeah. is the most used relief pitcher. He just had a two game layoff where he didn't pitch at all, so he was rested tonight. I love Montero. I like Montero and Neres. I have more confidence in them than I do Stanek. Stanek's been a little bit erratic lately. I think he's over pitching. You know, he's hitting the triple digits just like we've we've all. I mean, which is it's what he does. But I think the control factor. I think he's throwing that splitter a little too much. And I think that's kind of, you know, he's he's over he's overthrowing it. And I think that's his issue right now. That's just my, my opinion. But, you know, you know, the bullpen is going to be fine whether Presley is the closer or not. I think at some point uh, we'll see, like I mentioned, we'll see some adjustments. But, I mean, 90, 93, 94, it's, it's still good. I think if you just throw strikes, keep the ball down low in the zone, get some ground ball outs, one, two, three, you're out of the game. And so that's it. But. We'll see what happens in a couple of weeks with Presley. But uh, I mean, a lot of people are saying that 85 million is a lot to give for a closer, but um, uh, the Astros, I mean, the Astros need a good bullpen. I mean, we see what the Astros rotation can give. I mean, just looking at what a good rotation can be and looking at what the good bullpen can be, it, it's good to just have that. And then all they need is a rotate the hitting to just start clicking on all cylinders this this team could be great. We see this team what five in a row. This team is about to start clicking on all cylinders. So I'm not too worried about Ryan Presley. He only he's been out for how long? And then this is his first appearance back. He only had one start in Sugarland. He's face, facing major league uh, hitters. I'm not too worried about this. This is um, I'm not too worried about this. He'll be fine. The Astros will be fine. I'm not worried about this at all. This schedule this month is favorable for 3-2 games. This is a team that, remember, last year swept the Astros, came to Minute Maid Park, and made them look stupid. These are the teams that were beating the Astros early on in the season when they were struggling. I like the Astros winning one-run games. I don't care if it's against a last-place team or a first-place team. It's about who gets the win and who gets the loss. The Astros starting pitching has been absolutely phenomenal. For the most part, the Astros relief, pitch, relief pitching has been great. When their hitting hasn't been there, their pitchers have kept them in games, and that's going to be key because your pitchers are building up an endurance on the mound that will be invaluable come playoff time. Yeah, so if yeah, you look sure. at tomorrow's matchup, it's going to be our today's matchup. It's going to be Bo uh, Brisky versus Luis Garcia. Uh, Brisky is um, 0-1 with the 3.60 ERA with six strikeouts. Uh, Luis Garcia is 1-1 with a 4.15 ERA with 19 strikeouts. Um, I mean, the Tigers have faced Garcia before. The one with the most success, I would say, would be... Uh, Will Castro with a hit, um, uh, Candelario with one yeah. hit, um, and then um, um, Badu has uh, Badu. What, four hits. Is that really four hits? Wow, he's batting a thousand. Yeah, but that was last year. Akil Badu this year. I'm not even worried about Akil Badu. Like, like honestly, you could throw him a softball pitch. Badu. I don't think he would hit it. 
He's he's not he's not hitting very well <laughs> this year. Um, I you know I think the Astros take care of business. I think the Astros actually come out tomorrow night. It's actually retro night. Um, it's retro jersey night. You're giving me that cool Altuve jersey. Totally envious. Wish I was going. I might I might end up going anyways. Forget about it, you know, and and just get there. But um, they're doing that. They're also giving a swinging bobblehead. Um, Jose Altuve bobblehead Saturday and Sunday. They're they're giving away like a Mother's Day add on. They're giving away like a Mother's Day either jersey or something, and they're giving away like the the Kate Spade like pendant for your mom. It's like an extra fifty bucks. We got that kind of change. But if I were you, I would just go to BlueNile.com. Yeah, absolutely. Nice plug in there. <laughs> <laughs> like a Kyle Tucker walk off single, baby. But uh, not not quite that good. Uh, not quite that good. It's more like a Alvarez um, watching a single. I mean, a double hit the wall and not oh, running. <laughs> hey, I will ouch, tell you ouch. this. I, I I I do have to share this. I got a I got a pitch. I got a twelve six curveball from this kid named Shane in our league. I was 14. I had, I never hit a home run when I played baseball. I hit home runs in batting practice. In practice, I hit home runs in games foul. They either went to right or left the foul pole. Never hit one in a game. I hit this ball dead center. The ball's going out to the middle of the field. It's literally climbing, climbing, climbing. The fence goes up because they had like a batter's eye out there. And I start jogging. Like I hit first, I start jogging. And that ball hits the top of the fence and comes back in. And my dad's like, you better get to third or you're running laps. I didn't get to third. I ran like 10 or 15 laps after that game. My dad made me run till I was almost throwing up after the game because I didn't run out. But I could have had a, I could have had a triple. I probably could have had an in-the-park home run. But he was so mad at me. He's like, you don't ever walk and you don't gawk at your home runs. We don't do that. And that's not what we do. And so when, when Jordan did that tonight, I was like, I – that instant memory came back of me doing that. So good for Dusty for benching him for that. I think professional players need to be put in their place here once in a while. And someone like Jordan, he's smart enough to figure it out and know, and he's going to learn from it. He, I guarantee he won't ever do that again. No, no. Nope. At the same time, he could be like, well, McCormick's a little bit faster than me. Maybe that's all it was. So who knows? No. <laughs> Eric's trying to give him an out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so um, the Astros are um, up to back to their winning ways, and uh, their run differential is keep on creeping up. So that's a, a plus side. I think it's up to nine now. It was eight earlier today, so I think it's up to nine now. So they're creeping on up, and so all they can do is just keep on keeping on. And so uh, the Astros uh, play uh, three more games against the terrible Detroit Tigers. So we'll see what happens. And but it was good to see AJ back and. I know AJ keeps on defending what happened in 2017, but uh, people need to move on. Uh, it's what 2022 and move on. Let it go. Let it go. And I know Sully's going to watch this podcast and be like, Eric, we cannot let it go. We cannot let it go. And speaking of Sully, why don't you go? Yeah. Why don't you go check out the locked on MLB podcast? Cause Sully does a great job talking about all the baseball teams across baseball. So go check out Sully over the locked on MLB. So rip once again, go tell them where they can listen to you on your podcast. So you can follow me on Twitter at rip Griffin three. You can follow the show, the Texas baseball report on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook also at the Texas baseball report.com. So check it out. Everything, uh, Texas baseball from, uh, 
MLB to college. So we're uh, rocking and rolling with the uh, super re or regionals and super regionals fixing to come up for college. High school baseball is fixing to kick off as well this weekend. So a lot of baseball in the works. Obviously, Astros, of course, we will be covering them all season long. All right, close this out, Brett. All right, the Astros get their fifth straight win off of a Jordan, I mean, off of a Kyle Tucker walk-off hit. Chas McCormick scores a winning run. They stay perfect at home, five games in a row, and they keep on their winning ways. A.J. Hinch, welcome back, but we hope we get swept out of town. For myself and Eric the Man Heisman and Rick Griffin tonight, we are Locked on Astros, your team every day.